welcome to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast with your host, Seth Wolkoff. And welcome back into the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, as always, Seth Wilcock. You can find me on the Twitter bird at DFF underscore Seth W. Got a jam-packed show coming for you today. We're at the halfway point of the NFL regular season. The TPSN crew, Stephen Langdon Jr. and Jake Slobodnik are going to be joining us for some around-the-league I got a brand new start sitting Seth coming for you. We're talking about some new traditions we got going on here at the in-between. But before we get to any of that, I'd like to give a shout out to Around the League's sponsor. All around the world. IUP Student Co-op Store. In-between fam. I'm in the co-op store just about every day, and it seems like just about every day I'm in there, it's new and it's improving. We got to put our hats off to them down there at the store. They decided to partner up with Nike this summer, so their selection got even bigger and better. Show your IUP pride this semester with your new apparel and get your hawk on in between fam. And welcome back to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. This week on Around the League, I'm joined by two of IUP's Sports most famous media moguls, Stephen Langdon Jr. and Jake Slobodnik. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Doing pretty pretty good, Seth. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have you guys on. Why don't you tell the fans where they can find you on some other platforms as well? All right. Um, Well, you can find myself. uh, This is Jake at thepen.org. I'm the news editor, so I got some articles there. Check out our editions and uh, I'm also a sports writer there I cover a lot of baseball uh, IUP volleyball you can see me on there and I know you can Steve see Steve and I on the Penn Sports Network on YouTube and at the pen.org uh, you can also hear us on WIUP FM IUP student radio station uh, I know we're going to be calling some football and basketball games this year so uh, you can really check us out if you want to know when we're going to be on just follow the WIUP FM and TPS and social medias yeah, uh, Jake really hit on the main points. I'm the Stephen Langdon Jr. I'm the managing editor at the Pen, and uh, Jake kind of touched upon the Pen Sports Network. A lot of good stuff happening with that right now. Pretty much been interviewing and trying to work out interviews with some of the athletes and some of the coaches that are involved with, you know, IEP athletics and stuff like that. And it's been really exciting so far the last couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can also find Steve and Jake on Bigfoot Country 102.1 and 101.3 FM for their commentation of the Dubois High School football games. Guys, seems like you've had a pretty busy fall. Uh, how have you enjoyed the NFL season so far? Um, as, as far as I go, I mean, I'm a Jets fan, so not really much to really celebrate as far as the season has gone. Um, but as far as the NFL as a whole, I would say mixed reviews. The you know the refs have been a bit of an issue this year, and some games have been ruined because of it. But then there's been you know a couple of games that have really, really shocked me in a way, and I've been really excited to see. You know we're not looking at a true. Uh, there's not really many true Super Bowl contenders. They're kind of 
you know, just borderline teams. You're looking at a lot of playoff teams, but we're still not sure who the clear favorites are to go to the Super Bowl. I feel as though that's the most exciting part so far. Yeah, I have to agree with Steve. Um, along with, you know, disappointing seasons, I'm a Steelers fan, and honestly, it's been an up-and-down season. Uh, we've seen some good, we've seen some bad. But again, as for the NFL as a whole, um, you know, I, I'm kind of happy with where things are going. We're starting to see, you know, uh, some fixation in the, in the officiating. We're seeing some teams come up from underneath that, you know, a lot of people have been sleeping on. There's a lot of storylines coming out of the NFL this year especially with all the injuries. We're seeing a lot of young stars come out. Um, it's, it's exciting to watch, uh, but it's more exciting to watch as a whole except, uh, rather than you know just a single team this year. It's, it's definitely been fun to do a little writing on, some podcasting. It's definitely new things coming out each and every week. That's why we uh, got so much to cover for you here, as we always do on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. So what do you say, gentlemen? Should we jump on into it? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I want to start with maybe the biggest news story of the last month, really. Quarterback, reigning MVP Patrick Mahomes leaves Thursday night football early with a dislocated kneecap. Andy Reid, head coach, uh, he said there's no specific timetable for Patrick Mahomes' return. That's kind of what we're hearing as well. It could be two weeks. It could be four. Uh, He might not play again until week 12 or 13, though. Gentlemen, I want to start with this. How does Mahomes being out for any extended amount of time affect the main pass catchers here in this offense? Tight end Travis Kelsey, wide receiver Tyreek Hill. We know they are the focal point moving forward, and they have been when they are on the field. The rest of the offense, including that running game, has been nothing else but a mixed bag and maybe just a couple dart throws as well. What do you see from these two options moving forward? It's it's going to be interesting because Patrick Mahomes, he's a dual threat quarterback. He's got that he's got that awareness that he can get to the ball to where he needs it at any time at any point. But he can also you know he's a little mobile on his feet as well, so he keeps the defense guessing. As for Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, I think it definitely takes a big hit on them. Uh, Tyreek Hill just came off of injury, so we saw the dynamic duo of Mahomes and Hill for a few weeks. Kelsey, we've seen it all season. We all know that he's unstoppable when he gets the ball in his hands, almost reminiscent of Rob Gronkowski almost and more of a younger him. Uh, but now that you take Mahomes out of the situation, you got to trust a younger quarterback to establish these relationships with Hill and Kelsey, which right now they're untapped whenever it comes to thinking about Mahomes and these two players. Um, it's going to be interesting. I don't expect it to, you know, be, you know, flare as much as Mahomes did, but, um, it's definitely possible. Don't expect big things though. Yeah. I think the one player that affects more, I think is Travis Kelsey, honestly, just because Tyree kill brings a little bit of more speed. So you're able to just kind of bomb it down to him. We saw even when he was return, when he did return, they still had their, you know, little setup where, you know, essentially what they were doing is that they were just kept on bombing to him. But I think as far as Travis Kelsey goes, I mean, I don't know. I think it affects his value a little bit more. Um, I'm not sure what the scheme is going to be coming into the next couple of weeks. I know that Andy Reid was saying, actually, that Patrick Mahomes could actually practice this week. Now, I'm not sure if that was just a rumor or if it's true, but... I expect Patrick Mahomes to come back sooner rather than later, in my opinion. I'm expecting maybe a few weeks, looking at two to three weeks, honestly. But as far as play, like t- players that own him, 
uh, in fantasy, that takes a big hit on him because Patrick Mahomes has really been the bread and butter for many fantasy teams, and some players rely upon him an awful lot. And I know with the injury bug, there aren't many aren't many options out there as far as you know, trying to get a backup and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I think that Travis Kelsey is going to hit, get a bigger hit than you know Tyreek Hill maybe. Yeah, I definitely agree with the takes there. Uh, Kelsey has been less than impressive this year as a whole. It seems like a lot of other tight ends around the league, the Mark Andrews, the Darren Wallers of the world, have kind of stepped up and broken up that big three of tight ends that we had coming into the season. And I think maybe Matt Moore, being a little more of a conservative NFL quarterback, still professional nonetheless, I think that he could maybe look for Travis Kelsey in a little more check down situations. But yeah, definitely not good for either one moving forward. What about some replacement quarterbacks for you, gentlemen? We know that Matt Ryan also went down on Sunday. While he is expected to play, we're not 100% sure if he will suit up in Week 8. We got a couple other teams on by, Ravens, the Cowboys, some big-name quarterbacks there as well. Uh, what are your favorite replacement quarterbacks that could be out there for our listeners in a couple of their leagues? I know for me, um, you know, the big bye week for Lamar Jackson hits me hard just because he's been my number one starting quarterback all year long. And as far as backups come, I picked up Teddy Bridgewater, honestly. You know, he might only be in for a couple of weeks, but he's a good spot starter. He had 281 yards and two touchdowns last week and, you know, racked up a decent amount of fantasy points. So as far as, you know, talent goes, I would say that he's a quick fix if you're just looking for someone that's going to replace a quarterback for a bye week or maybe one or two weeks. Just because he's going to be the starting quarterback no matter what until Drew's, Drew Brees comes back, we're still not sure what the time, how much time he's going to miss still. But as far as you know, players that you're looking for, I'm going to say Teddy Bridgewater, maybe a long-term option. I'm actually going to go with Derek Carr. Um, you know, hasn't really been impressive this year, but once again, if you're looking for a spot starter, especially in the coming bye weeks. Uh, you know, he plays the Texans, the Lions, the Chargers, and the Bengals. You can start him for, you know, at least the char- the Lions and the Bengals. Uh, the other weeks might be a little spotty, but as far as everything goes, he isn't a solid backup to leave on your bench just in case another quarterback goes down or just in case, you know, you need that quarterback for a bye week. Yeah, none of those matchups definitely scare me coming up for the Raiders there, certainly. A few things that I had. Um, if you're looking for a short-term short-term replacement, especially for this week, I would. And, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Steeler fan. I'm saying this just because of legitimacy and stats. You got to go with Mason Rudolph and his matchup against the Dolphins. Uh, Monday night primetime spot. Steelers seem to excel in that, and the Dolphins are probably, if not the worst team in the NFL right now. They're currently on the tank. So if you want to capitalize on that, you got to pick up Mason Rudolph. Uh, it's a little questionable considering, you know, he's just coming off concussion. Uh, but even then, I would throw him, despite him being maybe a little banged up, I, I would trust him as a solid short-term replacement against a Dolphins defense that has given up over 116 completions to opposing quarterbacks. Um and over 1,500 passing yards this year. Um, and again, he, they've also got 26 you know, touchdowns as opposed to the Dolphins 
only picking up seven on the year. So Mason Rudolph is a good short-term replacement. If you're looking for more of a long-term replacement, uh, I think Gardner Minshew has what it takes. I know he's had a bit of a rough patch over the few or over these past few weeks, but going forward, he's got matchups against New York this Sunday, the New York Jets. That is, um, he does have a bye week in Week Ten. So if you have a quarterback that's already passed his bye week, I think Minshew is definitely a good pickup. We're going to see him go against the the Titans here in Week Twelve, the Buccaneers in Thirteen, um, and then they're finishing out the season in Oakland and Atlanta. And with the string of matchups that he has coming up, I would definitely expect Gardner Minshew to go off here soon. And I think him and DJ Chark are starting to establish that, you know, that connection that we're seeing a lot of top tier quarterbacks establish with their best receivers. It's just a matter of they're young. They still have time to develop. So if you want a safe bet, Gardner Minshew is a good bet, especially this week against New York and the road going forward. Yeah, Gardner Minshew has been the definition of a safe quarterback play so far this season. He hasn't busted while he hasn't boomed in a lot of games. He's definitely played well in just about every single game. And to touch on your point, as well as Mason Rudolph being a spot start this week, Jake, I couldn't agree more. The Dolphins are allowing over 29 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. That's the most in the NFL by a wide margin. So if you need someone... I, I guess Mason Rudolph is a guy. One more quick quarterback I want to throw out is uh, Jacoby Brissett. Again, this is a guy who probably was picked up a couple weeks ago in most leagues, but he's still available in a ton of leagues. And right now he is five and five out of six games. He has multiple passing touchdowns. He's QB 15 on the season with a bye. I think that's huge numbers there. And after he faces Pittsburgh next week, he's got Miami, Jacksonville, and Houston coming up on the schedule no defenses that scare you. So I definitely think if you're looking for a guy who could replace Patrick Mahomes for you know a couple weeks here or you've had a quarterback who just hasn't cut out so far this season, the Phillip Rivers of the world, I think you need to look Jacoby Brissett's way. Yeah, he's been very impressive. He had that nice touchdown pass to Eric Ebron last week. And Eric Ebron, you know, we kind of thought about him coming into the league as a bust, but He's really thrived on in the Colts system, and you know he's done a fantastic job this year of giving another weapon to Brissett, and that's what you really need. You really need to just kind of put the players around him. You know, just a bunch of talent with Brissett's this year was not expected to be the starter whatsoever this year, nope. and has really shown that he could be something special. And like you said, just picking him up with the favorable matchups coming up, you know, it could be a good pickup. I agree. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is, without a doubt, the biggest sleeper quarterback that has you know, come into the season. Everyone thought that once Andrew Luck went down, the Colts were just going to collapse. But Brissett has taken this team by storm. Um, he's put up some fantastic numbers this season. They're over 1,300 yards passing, 14 touchdowns, only three picks on the year. Um, he's become the biggest boom, in my opinion, of the fantasy world this year. Um, if he's out there, I strongly advise – I strongly advise – Anyone out there who doesn't who needs a quarterback to pick him up, he's only rostered in 55.3% of leagues, according to ESPN. Uh, so he's obviously still available in most of the leagues that are out there right now. If he's available, get him and start him. He is white hot, absolutely tearing it apart. Eric Ebron is definitely becoming one of his biggest tools out there on the field, along with T.Y. Hilton. They've looked strong. Jacoby Brissett's just an all-around great quarterback. I think he's going to evolve into his position and potentially lead the Colts into a potential playoff push. So I have... Full confidence in Brissett. 
Absolutely, as do I. I said coming into the season, uh, wait till about week eight or so, and I could see the Colts being five and two, four and three, and here they are at just that. So, yeah, definitely love Jacoby Brissett moving forward. Uh, in other news, uh, less fortunate news, Adam Schefter he dropped a, a Shefty bomb on us yesterday. Lions running back, second year back, Carryon Johnson is going to IR with a knee injury after exiting last week's game in the first quarter. Basically, that leaves the Lions with two options at RB currently. It's the six-round pick, Ty Johnson out of Maryland, and J.D. McKissick, the veteran former Seahawks running back as well. We know pretty much coming into this week that Ty Johnson is likely to see the Carry on Johnson like workload. He had 9.7 points last week. JD McKissick, he's likely to pick up kind of that Theo Riddick type role that Riddick had for years. He's already done it previously in weeks this season. He had eight points last week as well. Do you guys like this version of the Detroit backfield moving forward? Or do you think that they're going to bring someone else in? And how much are you willing to pay for a Ty Johnson or a J.D. McKissick out there on the waiver wire? Yeah, so as far as the injury goes, it's a huge injury for the Lions. I was, I saw the injury, and I mean, I just, he's on my fantasy team. It really hurt my team, honestly. But I think if Matthew Stafford is out there in your league, pick him up right now because I think that he's going to get the majority of the offense. The offense is going to go through Matthew Stafford even more so now. Kerryon Johnson is kind of the middleman that he would get, you know, 10 to 15 carries per game and kind of light up the scoreboard. But now it's all Matthew Stafford. And, you know, we even saw that many fancy owners are even predicting that as his stock went up 21% on ESPN. You know, it's now up to 70% owned in leagues. And although Matthew Stafford is not going to be one of those quarterbacks that is going to score consistently an insane amount of points but just because of his, his interceptions, it's the touchdown passes and the yards that really make a difference. And I think that those numbers are going to increase even more so now that Johnson is out. So expect, you know, a wide receiver for the Lions to have their stock increase. And honestly, I think the entire offense is going to go through Matthew Stafford pick him up right now I agree um I can't say that I don't have any confidence in the new Lions backfield um just mainly because you know I have carry on Johnson I, I believe two to three of my five leagues that I'm in right now and he hasn't been the biggest threat on offense just because of as what Steve said Matthew Stafford has established relationships with his wideouts that really the running game has become secondary to this team uh and not to mention we saw last week how Matthew Stafford found Marvin Jones it's starting to spark back up like it did last year not to mention Kenny Galladay has been a big threat TJ Hawkinson has been there when he needed him so I really don't think it's really going to change much yeah you lost your running back one but at the same time if Matt Stafford can prove that he's doing very well this season and that he's you know he's got the fire in him and he's got the connections on the wideouts to do it um Expect him to utilize those a little bit more, maybe than relying on the ground game. I don't personally. I don't think they will. So, like I said, it's not that big of a huge loss. But of course, losing your running back one is 
probably the worst thing that could possibly happen. But when you have a passing game as strong as the Lions is right now, it's going to be fine. I think this does throw Ty Johnson, the rookie, into a RB with potential RB2 upside right now. Uh, I tailored an article last night for DynastyFootballFactory.com. You can check that out on their website as well. And right now, waivers have gone through. So if Ty Johnson, for some some strange reason, is out there in your league, you need to grab him right now. Uh, I think J.D. McKissick as well could be an interesting pickup. And he's someone... Uh, Steve, I think that you would agree he could have maybe even a little more value than Ty Johnson possibly because they're going to be throwing so much to stay in these games. And let's face it, Stafford has looked great this season. Definitely a bounce back season. Last year, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL in fantasy in general as well. And right now he's QB 12 on the season with a bye. You can't help love what you've seen from Stafford. And I think that could translate nicely to some pass catching options for these running backs as well. Other injury news on the week. Will Fuller uh, kind of did what exactly Will Fuller does. He had a breakout game a couple weeks ago, over 50 fantasy points, and he leaves this one with an injury, expected to miss at least a couple of weeks. It's just what Will Fuller does. We've seen it time and time again in his short career here. That leaves Kenny Stills, a uh, receiver who was acquired from the Miami Dolphins earlier this season. It leaves him in the wide receiver two slot, primarily going forward for the Texans. Stills, after Fuller exited Sunday's contest, had 90% of the snaps. And Kiki Kuti, uh, a guy a lot of people were excited for coming into the season, he only had 70% of the snaps. Gentlemen, any interest in either Kenny Stills or Kiki Kuti moving forward here? I'm actually going to go with Kuti as maybe you know kind of like the number two wide receiver although really you can't go wrong with either of these two of course DeAndre Hopkins is going to receive the majority of the catches but Will Fowler as as far as ownership goes I don't think many people expected him to be the star wide receiver that he was this season and like you said he keeps getting injured and I know when he had that big breakout game where he scored over 50 points, I know in the league that I'm in that you now he was on their bench and you just don't know what to expect out of Will Fuller. But I think as the other wide receivers, you know, you know what to expect out of Kenny Stills, you know how, what to expect out of QT. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't think this affects too many owners, but in the player, you know, the people that have Kenny Stills and QT, I think it actually helps them in a way. And I think if Kenny Stills and or Kuti are out there for you, I think you can definitely pick them up. Use some of that fab you have stored up or even spend that waiver wire higher pick on it. I'm definitely moving forward with those guys as definitely a, a speculative flyer at the very least. Yeah, even if you put one of them in your flex position, then... I mean, you should be pretty good just because, let's be honest, there aren't many other options out there. With all the injuries that have happened, a lot of the wide receivers and run, I mean, the wide receivers and running backs, they're kind of few and far in between at this point, but they're even more so now just because of the injuries that have happened. And I mean, like I said, even if you just put them in one of your flex positions, I think you're in a pretty good spot. I was going to say, I agree. I think Kuti, uh, I think Cootie would be a better pickup. While Kenny Stills has the veteranism, 
QT is just establishing some dominance on the field right now. He had a great game against Indy, uh, had a touchdown to his uh, stat column off of rushing. Um, he's he's starting to heat up. Kenny Stills, I think, like Seth said, we've seen how he or how he operates before. Nothing's really surprising. Defenses could easily figure him out, but I think Kuti still has some things that people don't haven't discovered yet. So I think he's a better bet for your flex position. Maybe not a wide receiver too. More this is definitely a route more for flex rather than anything. I want to go to Green Bay, gentlemen, for some breakouts over the weekend. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he looked money, absolute money over the weekend. 43.8 points for Rodgers on 25 for 31 passing, 429 yards, five passing TDs, one rushing TD. Is this the type of performance we can expect from Aaron Rodgers moving forward, or do we think this was... Uh, the Raiders just not showing up to play on defense. I mean, they did have a week to, or two weeks to prepare coming off their bye. This is just a clear example that the Oakland Raiders are a trash defense. Um, Aaron Rodgers can capitalize on anyone that sleeps, and they he did that against against Oakland. He didn't fare that well against you know a competitive defense such as Chicago, where he only had 203 yards. You, yeah, you can always beat up on a on someone who you know doesn't really have that talent or that defensive scheme with them right there, especially like Oakland or Miami or something like that. But you, but the thing is, is that they face a lot of good competition, and Rodgers sort of you know short armed it. He didn't look that that strong. Yeah, he may have broke out in a few quarters, but at the same time, it's just something something about Rodgers seems off to me. I don't think. I think that was just a one and done deal. I think he's gonna. I'm not gonna say he's a dud the rest of the way, but I don't think this is a performance that's gonna repeat itself. I think it was just a lucky strike that he faced a terrible defense and he benefited because of it. I don't see it happening, and especially because they have prolific defenses like uh, San Francisco coming up in a few weeks and Chicago again in Week 15. Don't expect this to happen again. I I, I think Aaron Rodgers. He's starting to get up there in age. He's still a great quarterback, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I think this was just a once-and-done breakout sort of week. I would have to disagree, honestly. I think that, you know, towards the end of the season, I've seen Aaron Rodgers in past few years. In, in past years, This is the time that he really breaks out. The playoffs are coming, you know. They still have to compete in that tough NFC North division, but honestly, if, if Rodgers can even play half of half as well as he did last week, then he could be a top three quarterback in fantasy the rest of the year. And I just feel as though Rogers, that's kind of a breakout game. And I expect him to do kind of the same amount. Uh, he's using his weapons. He's spreading the love throughout the entire offense. And I really expect that to continue as the weeks go on. Yeah. He has a tough schedule, but as far as, Aaron Rodgers goes, as long as he doesn't get injured like he did last year, I think he's going to have a very, very good year the rest of the year moving forward. Yeah, I'm certainly with Steve on this one, Jake. I see everything you're saying for sure. But let's face it, this is the best the Packers have looked in a couple seasons for sure. They're 6-1 right now. The Matt LaFleur-Aaron Rodgers relationship seems to be blossoming. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you look on the field, and he, he does look happy. He looks happy. He has a defense. He has a couple running backs who have came to play. And one of the biggest things I took from Sunday's games is he did this with, you know, Jake Kumaro, Alan Lazard, Jimmy Graham, a bunch of B-level players, if you would, and no Devontae Adams on the field. I think you get Devontae Adams back. 
Now you have trust in guys like MVS, Alan Lazard, Jimmy Graham. I think it can only build from there. And he's got Kansas City this week. I think that's a great matchup for him. The Chargers in the following week, you're not too scared there. Carolina gets a little dicey heading into the bye week. Come out, San Francisco, you don't love that. But heading into the fantasy playoffs, he's got the New York Giants and the Washington Redskins. I do like those two matchups, and I think he could be one of those guys who you keep, you play, and you're happy with. But at the end of the day, I think Jake's just trying to say he could be a great sell-high candidate after this week. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that, yeah. He really could. We're not, we're not denying, I don't think he's denying that, but I think it's just the whole fact of the matter that Aaron Rodgers, like you said, is doing it with not a lot of wide, wide receiver help, but that's one of the things about great quarterbacks. They love to spread the love. I mean, we even see what Tom Brady, year after year, he loves to throw to six, seven wide receivers every game. I can't, I, yeah, I agree. I think I'm... I'm focusing more that he's a great sell-high candidate. I just look at it as, of course, he went against a terrible defense, so of course he's going to do well. But I also think that, and I've also I've believed strongly at the beginning of the year that Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to be the next breakout wide receiver for the, in the Packers organization. Jimmy Graham is always a good resource for t- a tight end, granted whenever he stays healthy. But um, I think the fact that Aaron Rodgers starting to look, you know, spread the scheme out a little bit, and especially Lazard, he looked fantastic he came up from under the come up from under the radar the only way this could possibly get hindered though is if people look at tape look at film see what the weaknesses are and then capitalize on it yeah we don't have many threatening defenses but you don't have to be that big of a threatening defense in order to narrow down okay what is their you know what's their weak point what could possibly happen i like i said i still think rogers is a great quarterback i just i don't buy into it just yet i just think it was a fluke week it's all i'm saying he could succeed, and or he could, you know, excel in the later parts of the season, especially during fantasy playoffs. I hope I am wrong, but that's just where I'm at with Aaron Rodgers. So another somewhat fluke performance, some would say, Chase Edmonds, running back for the Arizona Cardinals. He breaks out in a huge way on Sunday. David Johnson leaves the game after only just one carry. Uh, Chase Edmonds, after this game, actually said that he told – uh, DJ when he was on the sideline like don't worry about it I'll put the team on my back today like I'll, I'll get it done and and did he ever did he ever 27 r- rushing attempts 126 yards three touchdowns added two receptions and 24 yards through the air 35 fantasy points for Edmonds on the day career day uh, DJ status is unknown right now gentlemen uh, the, you won't get much out of the Cardinals organization that's kind of been one of the things they'll only tell you as much as they have to it seems like down there and they, but they did bring in Jay Ajayi, Spencer Ware, and Benny Cunningham for workouts this week. I, I think I, I don't. They haven't signed any of those players, so I don't think it's a clear cut issue with David they, Johnson. Uh, Go ahead. They did. Uh, I'm reading a CBS article. Sorry to interrupt, but I am reading a CBS article right now that was released about 19 hours ago, and it said the Cardinals signed Alfred Morris oh. as their. Ooh. Next running back, signing him to potentially to be their number two to Chase Edmonds. Oh. Um, that is if Johnson can't play. Of course, Johnson will follow in his limelight. But it um, it looks like right now Morris is going to be that backup to Chase Edmonds, which could work. Alfred Morris is a low risk, you know, low risk, high reward sort of player, especially for a an organization such as the Arizona Cardinals that hasn't found much success. I mean, what what else do they have to lose? But continue, please. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out to me, Jake. 
do, do you guys, are you panicking if you're a David Johnson owner? And on the opposite end of that, if you're a Chase Edmonds owner that does not have DJ, are you selling him for as much as you can to the David Johnson owner right now if he's panicked? I I could possibly capitalize on that. I know that, you know, unfortunately I sat Chase Edmonds in our league this past week, but um, I I could possibly take a gamble, you know, at selling high for Chase Edmonds. I, I really think that David Johnson is injury prone, and I think the Cardinals are going to see that very soon. Chase Edmonds could be that young breakout talent that they've been waiting for since Johnson was a rookie. But um, I think you have to get a, ga- a couple more games under their belt in order for them to determine that. Um, do I think he has what it takes? Absolutely. Do I think it'd be worth selling him high right now while his, you know, while his stock is high? Absolutely. Get as much as you can, especially if you know your team's already stacked enough, and if those David Johnson owners are, you know, sort of the brink of potential playoff, yeah, p- potential playoff push. What else could you ask for? Maybe sell to them, get a few good options in return. But you can't, you know, sell yourself short. You got to take what you got to take the best of the best for Chase Edmonds, you know. And I think the thing about this whole thing is that if I were a David Johnson owner, I would be scared because if Chase Edmonds comes out the next few, however long David Johnson's going to be out and continues to be dominant, then essentially what happens is that the Cardinals turn into a running back by committee. And that's the dangerous thing about it is because right now you got David Johnson, of course, is the premier back. But let's just say that Edmonds has another good week then essentially the coaching staff has to decide, okay, well, are we going to give it to David Johnson who could be injured or are we going to give it to Chase Edmonds who has the hot hand at the moment? And honestly, if you're a Chase Edmonds owner, you might want to trade him, you know, and especially if he's out on the way, if he's out there, pick him up because this kid, if he's able to have, once again, it's one of those situations. If he's able to have, half the week that he had last week, then that's an RB1 type situation. You know, that's an RB1 type game for him. And I would be very shocked to see what the Cardinals are going to do. Because honestly, I think that you have to go with Edmonds at this point until David Johnson is 100% right. healthy. Right. Yeah, I, I think regardless of any of our differences here on Edmonds Johnson, whether you want to sell or buy Edmonds, who's currently RB22 on the season, I think if you're a David Johnson owner, you either have to sell him to, you either have to sell David Johnson to the Edmonds owner, or you need to do whatever you can do to get Edmonds. I think you either need both or none of them at this point. Yeah, and the thing about David Johnson is that he has been injury prone in the past. He was having such a nice year, too, and to see him go down with the injury. And this is honestly a player's worst nightmare is having an injury and then having the next man up come in and essentially essentially dominate in one game. And like I said, I think this week is going to determine whether Chase Edmonds is going to be in the Cardinals' future right. or, or not. Yeah, he certainly fits. seems like he fits that scheme a little more naturally than David Johnson. But I guess, like Steve said, this is going to be the deciding week of his future, of his fantasy stock. So I guess it's really, at the end of the day, it's a wait and see. And can't really wait to, can't wait to wait and see. Yeah, if you have 
a spot for him on your bench, even on your bench the rest of the year, then I'd rather have him than not have him at this point. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. That's all the time we have today on Around the League. Listeners, we'll be right back with another edition of Start Sitting Seth to round out the show. So stay with us for that. Gentlemen, take care and keep it real. We appreciate you being on. Thanks for having having us. All right. In between fam, before we get into some Start Sitting Seth, I would like to thank this segment's weekly sponsor, Fast Times Screen Printing. Located conveniently in the hub next to the pen office, Fast Times specializes in Greek apparel, IUP department fundraisers, and all your specialty printing needs to maximize your student organization's exposure. Since 1986, their focus has been and will continue to be delivering the highest quality products while maintaining friendly prices for you. For a quote, make sure you visit their website, fasttimes.us, or call 724-463-9007. Again, that's Fast Times Screen Printing, 724-463-9007. Start, sit, and Seth. Alright, real quick before we get into this week's Start Sitting Seth, I would just like to thank you, the listeners. I know we aren't a big family yet, but we are getting there. I'm seeing the numbers, and I appreciate all the support here on the social media, on the Start Sitting Seth column. Seriously, it means so much to me. You guys are you know, part of the reason I do this. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for reading. Thank you for subscribing. You guys are awesome, and I'm going to continue to bring this content to you as long as you tell me you don't hate it. All right, with that being said, let's jump on into this week's Start, Sit, and Seth column. It's entitled, Start, Sit, and New Traditions. Last season, I wrote a column just about this time, actually, a year ago today, and I talked a little bit about just how... I felt like I didn't really have many traditions left in my life, Uh, you know, a lot of flux, a lot of things going on as I quickly transitioned from a kid into an adult, and I feel like I lost a lot of those uh, traditions in the process of that. So in this column, I kind of just go to highlight how maybe a year ago I was wrong. Last year, I kind of just said that the only tradition I really still have, and it's kind of just one with myself, is... Uh, I always watch the Halloween Town films. There's, you know, it's some dumb little Disney movie, but they always kind of meant a lot to me as kids. So Katie and I, we still try to frequently watch those around this time. And uh, yeah, I kind of just go back and justify that maybe I was wrong a year ago. Uh, I know definitely within the last year, I've I've made some of my own traditions. Katie and I just got done carving some awesome pumpkins. We made some pumpkin seeds. Our carvings didn't really turn out ideally, but hey, that was part of the fun. It's part of the adventure there. And, you know, then there's all the college traditions, you know, we've made here at IUP. $6 Culp's pitchers, Bud Light after midnight. You can't pass that up, am I right? And then, uh, you know, Krause's in the morning for breakfast, going out to the co-op park for some disc golf. And then uh, 
back in on Sunday morning at one before kickoff. So it's a fun it's a fun read. You should check it out if you got some time. That's at thepen.org. Thanks again. And let's jump on into it. A quarterback I'd start this week. He's a bad man. Whoa! This brother's on another level. I'm just trying to tell you something. Matthew Stafford, Detroit Lions. We kind of just touched on it earlier with Steve. Carry on Johnson's on IR. Matthew Stafford is coming off a four-touchdown performance. He's facing a Giants opponent that is allowing more than 21 fantasy points to the opposing quarterbacks. Check, check, and check. All signals are a go for me this week. Matthew Stafford, he's QB 12 on the season with a bye. If he can continue to produce under Matt Patricia, he could have QB 1 weekly upside moving forward. Matthew Stafford. On the flip side... A quarterback I'd sit this week. So I'm gonna sit right here. Carson Wentz, Philadelphia. Philly, I know you're thinking I've been coming for your boy all season. This is his third trip to the sit list this season. And listen, it's not you. It's not him. It's just the circumstances here. He's coming off a 6.8 fantasy point performance against the Cowboys on Sunday night there. And since losing Deshaun Jackson in week one, Wentz's completion percentage, yards, and fantasy points have all dropped and failed to reach any of his week one totals. Uh, D-Jax right now, he's in line to miss his seventh straight game, and the Bills have only allowed one QB1 so far this season, and that was last week against Miami Dolphins. I got to sit Carson Wentz here. Sorry, Philly. We're going to make our way to the backfield. A running back I'd start this week. I used to play running back. The Chargers running backs. That's right. I'm starting this week both Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. I know they've uh, they've definitely had completely opposite seasons so far this season. Eckler RB three on the season. Melvin Gordon RB sixty six. But they're both starts for me here in week six. I think if after this week Melvin Gordon does not play. Up to standard, he doesn't hit. He doesn't hit double digits for you. I think you can sit him, but right now he's going up against a Bears defense that has shockingly been pretty bad against the opposing running back. Right now, the Bears defense is allowing, on average, a rushing touchdown and 7.5 receptions per game to the opposing running back. I think that bodes well both for Eckler and Melvin Gordon. Fire him up. Chargers get back on track. The running backs do as well. A running back I'd sit this week. So I'm gonna sit right here. Damian Williams for the Kansas City Chiefs. Damian Williams is the one player this season who has the most rushing attempts without a 10-yard gain. Williams, who scored more than nine fancy points only once this season, that was in week one, was even less efficient in week seven. He had 11 total touches in week seven for only six yards. Now, Matt Moore's under center. Yeah, no thanks. A wide receiver I'd start this week. Kenny Stills, Houston Texans. Houston's newly appointed wide receiver two, Kenny Stills, 
I think he's going to have a big game on Sunday. I think he'll capitalize against the Raiders at home. In addition to the Raiders allowing the second most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers this season, they've also allowed the second most yards per completion to those receivers, 15.85. If he's still out there in your league, don't be afraid to just go pick him up and throw him in your lineup right away. Some good things could happen this week. And we're going to round it out with a wide receiver I'd sit this week. So I'm going to sit right here. Curtis Samuel in Carolina. Samuel, who had the big game overseas in week six, they went into their bye in week seven. He's going to face a red-hot 49ers defense here in week eight. And although Kyle Allen, uh, the fill-in quarterback there, has yet to throw an interception this season, he's been sacked 10 times this season and has had a bit of an issue holding on to the ball. He's got six fumbles as well. My guess is that Nick Bosa is going to get after Kyle Allen. He's going to rattle him a little bit. And I think that potentially limits Curtis Samuel's value a little bit. He has a higher depth of target than most receivers. And his average yard per reception has been 12.9. So, yeah, I'm a little bit worried there with Curtis Samuel. But, yeah, that is it for us today on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. Again, we ran a little long, so we had to cut in the scope out you can check that out if you'd like on dynastyfootballfactory.com thanks again for joining us so much folks i appreciate the listens feel free to shoot me any suggestions you have about the show anything you'd like us to cover in next week's episode thanks again keep it in between (laughs) 